0: I think you need to really focus on what you are supposed to do and what you're called to do and do it really, really well and be really hesitant to add outside influencers into that. They have to be measured against the overall vision and goal.
1: Welcome to today's episode of the Executive Checklist. This is my dad, John Copeland, and I'm Courtney. And today we are going to dive into how to grow your organization from the inside out. You know, I think it's a misconception that a lot of people, especially in startups or people um, running off of a low budget think, well, if only, you know, a video could go viral or if only we had a million viewers on YouTube or if only we had a hundred donors or a thousand donors, you know, our organization would be in a completely different place and it would be thriving. But I think that's a little bit backwards. You know, if the inside of your organization isn't healthy, let's talk about how to grow from the inside out, how to really, to people that don't have thousands of dollars to spend on marketing, how do we grow from the inside? What are the things that need to be in place to make sure that it allows room for growth?
0: Well, obviously it starts with a vision. I mean, you got to have a vision. The Bible says take your vision, write it down, make it plain for everybody to see and to run with it. And so I think vision, uh, number one. I mean, where do you. And then
1: it says, without vision, the people perish. You
0: perish, yeah. And so your vision has got to be plain. um, And it's got to be something that you can communicate to other people that they can grasp and run with it. Mm -hmm. And so vision has to be plain. Um, You need to write down your goals of your organization. In your goals, you're going to have to break those goals down into tasks. Like how do we accomplish on a day-to-day the tasks that are going to help us reach that goal? Mm-hmm. Your people need to have the same goals and same visions. Now, their departments can have separate goals, but they all have to match the goals that you have as an organization. If you have people that are or your organizations not focused on your ultimate, what your goal is and your vision is, and they're just kind of scattered... They're going to be going in every direction. And there's only so many resources, so much money, so many people that, you know, that you can have that they really need to be focused on the core. Mm -hmm. Core values of the organization, the core vision. Anything that comes in, because everybody's got great ideas, hey, we could do this, or we could start this outreach, or "We Mm -hmm. we could do that. And I've seen it. I've seen it a lot where people just go 100 different directions, and you don't do any of them really well. You know, I think you need to really focus on what you are supposed to do and what you're called to do and do it really, really well and be really hesitant to add outside influencers into that. They have to be measured against the overall vision and goal. Does it meet that? Does it help me do that? So when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I want to do this, we need to say, well, how does that stack up against what our goal is?
1: Yeah. I heard this interview once, this guy that worked for Facebook, he was really high up and this was years ago that this, instance happened, but he was literally just paid to bring ideas to Mark Zuckerberg. That's all he was paid to do was new ideas, new ideas. What can bring us money in? What can, you know, bring us money in, money in, money in? And so that was all he did. And and Mark Zuckerberg's response was always, well, A, does this fit the overall goal for this? Even if it brings us so much money, is it still going to point us to the to our final destination. And if the answer was no, no matter how much money it would bring in, the answer was no. You know, and I think like you're saying, so many people get so distracted. You know, I'll come in and people ask me about doing, you know, the marketing for their company and the first thing I say is, well, I don't really know what to market do you know even what to market? Do you even know what you're doing? And I think a lot of confusion can come from not knowing who you're trying to reach. What Mm -hmm. do they need? A big part of it is thinking you have a solution, but guess what? 50,000 other organizations also share that same solution. So finding who you feel like you're called to reach and really realizing, okay, what do they need? And working from that way, what do you need? Is it this? Okay, well, let's If it falls into our final goal, let's push this. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, that can't happen without everyone knowing the same goals and visions and also can't happen without having the same core value. What's the number one core value that you have to have in any entity, nonprofit, for profit, doesn't matter. What's the number one core value you have to have?
0: I mean, integrity is number one for me. I mean, that fixes a lot of stuff. When you operate without integrity, then you're not going to treat your employees right. Um, your customer's are not going to be treated right. You've got to have integrity and do it right. And do it, you know, do it right because it's just right. Integrity's doing it right when nobody else sees it and nobody's going to know. You know, you know, God knows, right? So you got, you want to do it right and do it with integrity. After that, you know, if you measure everything against integrity then, you know, when you communicate to your staff, it's going to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's brutally honest. Sometimes it's hard to be honest because you're the one that made a mistake, you know. But you got to be honest. And I think same with your, whether it's people in your church or your customers or whatever it is, you've got to be with integrity. You can't mm-hmm. false advertise. You can't stand up on the platform and act like you're perfect. Everybody should be like me. You know, I see people that preach up like that and they act like, you know, they have no problems in their life. And I feel like people relate to somebody better when they realize, well, they're just a person too, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have to get up every day, use their faith, you know, believe God. Um, They make mistakes too. And it encourages me as an individual to know I can make mistakes. I don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think dad's always been that way. You know, he's just him. Yeah. Um, He doesn't try to pretend to be anybody else. He just be him, you know. And, you know, when people can relate to you. I remember one time we were hunting, deer hunting, and we were at John Hagee's ranch. And dad had shot a deer, and we couldn't find it. And so... um, We went to eat lunch, came back. We were going to go back and look, give Mm -hmm. him a chance to lay down, go find him. Well, Dad got up and said, we're going to go try to find that deer. And he turned around, he stopped, and he turned back around, and he said, no, we are going to go find that deer in the name of Jesus. He caught his words. You know, He Mm -hmm. said, we're going to go try. He changed it to be a statement of faith. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the guys that was there who was a partner in the ministry and stuff, he told me later, he goes, you know, one of the best things about the whole trip was he said, cause we had invited these guys to come, mm-hmm. you know, he said it was when your dad stopped and did that, he said, it showed to me that he's not a faith machine. He's a real human being that has to work at this too and has to watch his words. And that ministered to him more than anything else on the whole trip was the fact that dad has to do that too. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just shows that his core values, his integrity of dad is going to, when he catches it, makes a mistake, he's going to fix it, right? He's Mm going to catch himself. When we make mistakes, we have to fix it.
1: Well, we're chasing progress. We're never chasing perfection because we know that's unreachable. You can never.
0: Well, some people like to pretend they're perfect, though, and we all know they're not, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think as a boss, you can't pretend you're perfect and you don't make mistakes. Well,
1: and as an organization, you know, in marketing, if you're trying to market something that's perfect, it's unrelatable, and it's hard to do that um, for any industry. If something's so perfect, a product or a person mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it, com- it comes, comes across as completely unrelatable, and since people can't relate to it, they can't picture themselves with that product, they can't trust buying that product mm-hmm. or trust buying into a person or following an organization, and so that's super, super key, and um, with integrity being the core value of anything that we do, talk about, like, the struggles that come with that, like, the temptations. It's easy, I'm sure, to swipe some stuff under the rug and maybe not share, like, that temptation to say, you know what, no one's ever going to know about this but me. But what we call sowing and reaping, the world calls karma. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, you do, you reap what you sow. And I, I think you could probably tell a thousand stories about times where this didn't make sense, But we did it, and this was our return.
0: I mean, Dad, I mean, he doesn't do things. Dad doesn't do things on what is a good business idea. That's just not the way he operates. He does it based on faith. Mm -hmm. So as a business, you would think that if you spend $700,000, for example, coming up with a new Bible, with his notes, with his underlying – highlighting um, it's a expanded version to one of
1: the best products we've ever made. Yeah. You know.
0: I mean, it was a lot of money. We yeah. had to pay somebody actually it's like 800,000 to do that, um, to come up with this commentary Bible. Um, you would think you would sell that, right? Mm-hmm. You would take that and try to sell it and get our money back. That's typical one-on-one business. No, we're going to give it away. To all of our partners. All they have to do is write in and ask for it. Um, and we're going to give it to them. And the Bible's going to cost a lot to ship. Okay? They're heavy. They're heavy, yeah. To make everything. So what do we do? Yes, sir. You know why? Because he was directed from God to do it. it. doesn't make business sense, but it makes sense because it was a word from God for him to do that. And you know what? We gave it away, and it brought in way more is that than it did if we would have sold it?
1: yeah, I don't care what organization you're in, what type of business you're in, if your goal is to get you will fail.
0: well, you know what happens though, marketing, you know who's you know in charge of marketing uh, and sales and all that stuff, thinks, man, that worked great. Let's give something else away mm. to get them to do something Now you've changed.
1: It went from I'm truly giving to what
0: can we get? I mean, there was one time Jerry Savelle preached a message that Dad just loved, and he wanted us to mail it to all the partners. Just give it to him. It wasn't even his dad's message. It was Jerry Savelle's. So what did we do? We gave it to him because that's what the Lord directed. Mm -hmm. Same thing. The amount of response that people donating and people that got ministered to from that Mm -hmm. was way more than if we'd ever tried to sell it, Mm -hmm. you know? But it was a heart condition. But the thing you got to watch— Oh, and so now I'm going to do it because it's a marketing decision mm-hmm. rather than a heart condition. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work the same. Mm-hmm. It might work, but it's not going to be the same.
1: Yeah, what was the outcome with the Bible? The Bible? When you gave it away, what, was the, what ended up happening?
0: Well, the last I'd heard, it was like a million and a half and donations came back from it. Which, played, you know, which that was the immediate giveaway right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's more than that probably now, but it's like... You know, it's successful yeah. because of it was done because God said. The do heart
1: it. condition was to get. Now, if marketing out of starts it.
0: trying to give something away all the time because it works, it's not going to be as effective. And I'm not going to say it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. never wrong to give stuff away. I wouldn't think, but you know, it's like your motive changed, yeah. and that's where the integrity comes in.
1: Well, and I think integrity with people outside of the organization will grow your organization, but integrity with each other inside the organization. There's a verse in James that says you go, well, we know you go to Jesus to be saved, but it says you go to each other that you'll find freedom. Mm -hmm. Confess your sins to each other, you'll find freedom. And um, I'm not saying that the workplace should become a place where you bring all your junk to put on to other people, Mm -hmm. but it should be a place where it's a family environment And I think that when your organization is so knit, it provides an opportunity for the organization to grow.
0: I agree. And it all comes back down to what we talked about in the the first division. And everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to know what my role is. Mm -hmm. You know, as a marketing person, if I'm in the marketing department, for example, it's easy to see how I can help fulfill that vision, like what my role is. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to let everybody know about what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm the person cutting cutting the grass – you know, um, which would seem like a lowly job, you know, on a pay scale. You got marketing director or you have somebody cutting the grass or cleaning. How does my how do I bring in if our vision is, is to, you know, teach people a, a word or to grow the church or whatever, how does cutting the grass affect that at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't bring people in by cutting the grass. No, but when they show up they can look at the grounds and see that this place is done in excellence. And if they take such good care of their grounds like this, mm-hmm. then they're probably a good church or it's probably ran well. And so you have to be able to explain to the, any job, how does that job fulfill that mission? Because if it doesn't fulfill that mission, then what do they have a job for anyway? Right. Right. Every job has to do that or you wouldn't even really have the job. Yeah. And so but that person needs to know that me cutting the grass, I'm going to take pride in it and make sure that all the trash is picked up, all everything's hedged, everything looks in order because I know that I'm making a first impression on somebody coming on this land.
1: And you know that firsthand. I mean your first job was welding.
0: Yeah, I mean You're it's, a welder. Yeah, and so I, I think it gave me more of appreciation for the people in the trenches um, and the people that are doing the jobs that some would say are not important, mm-hmm. they're all important. And it's important for that person to know in housekeeping, you know, what what how does my role fit into growing the church, for example? Okay, well, it fits in by showing a ministry of excellence. I want it clean. I want it dusted. I want to make sure all the little details are done. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because I'm making an impression on somebody that comes to our church. Maybe for the first time they've never been, and they look at it and say, wow, this place is spotless. Well, it's your job as a manager to make sure those people know that, that they know how they fit. And how they're gonna help us reach our ultimate goal.
1: Yeah, and what maybe the opposite, it's good to learn things sometimes by thinking about the opposite. What could stump an organization's growth from the inside out? Um, You know, uh, one of the things that I used to feel frustrated in, in a job that I had, is one person would screw up over there and everyone had to pay for it. And I felt like it stumped all of us. How do you avoid those things?
0: I mean, you can't always completely avoid them because you're going to have issues like that. I think strife is a killer. Mm. Strife in the organization. I mean, I know, for example, with Dad, we used to have a band that traveled with us on the road, and it was a full orchestra—strings, horns, everything—and it was like twenty-something people, and there was so much fighting and strife that Dad fired them all. He said, I'm not going to have this on the road. We're coming out here, and y'all are fighting, arguing with one another. Boom. They were all gone, and he took one keyboard player, and that was it, because it's hard for one person to fight. And But that's how serious he was about strife. You do not allow it, because it'll eat you up from the inside. Mm. Same in your family or whatever. If there's strife, you got to get to the root of it, and you got to dig it out. And so if you have departments that are – You know, like you said, my department's messing your department up. That can cause a lot of strife right there. Most people don't do things mean to other people on purpose. Mm -hmm. There are some people like that in the world. Um, But whether it's a relationship or whether it's a work relationship or personal, um, usually people are good, but things get misconstrued, misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you did say something that you shouldn't have said. Or maybe you talked about somebody and they found out about it. Or in a way... Huh?
1: You talked in a way. That in a way. And
0: then stuff just st- slowly starts building. Resentment starts building. And then you start talking to your friends about it. And they did this and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing that. And the whole time, you know, all this resentment is building. And some, sometimes it, you know, just blows up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely important to get those things out. And to talk about it. So when I have two staff members that are fighting or arguing with one another, or maybe department heads or butting you know, heads about how to do this, um, you got to get them together and talk it out, you know? And sometimes it comes to a place of, you know what? We're going to agree to disagree, um, but we're gonna we're not going to walk in strife,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And they may not be best buds and go get coffee together all the time, but at least they're not going to be in strife and they're going to be professional and work through the situation
1: and that's not like a one and done thing when you're at such a high level like an executive or a high up manager and you're putting the effort in to get along with someone you can't just be one and done like that relationships with anyone are hard relationships at such a high level of leadership is even harder you know you can't just be like well we tried to get coffee once they stood me up I'm done with that you know Mm -hmm. it's a persistent thing Um, what would be your suggestion your suggestion to someone who may truly really have a healthy organization they've checked everything off the list of our staff's happy we take care of our people our message is clear why are we still not growing I mean what are your options at that point I think maybe a last resort would be to bring in like a third eye or a, a, yeah, you know, I mean, unbiased perspective that could speak into the organization. As a
0: consultant, I have mixed emotions about consultants. <laughs> um, but I want everybody to love them now. But when I was hiring them, I mean, you got to. It's good to have a, set, a second set of eyes look at something unbiasedly, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. You know, and I really, I'll tell you where it was good for consultants to come in and maybe have somebody um, run a meeting for you to help pull out what are the vision and goals of the organization? Mm -hmm. What is important? What are we doing to do that? You know, like brainstorming meetings and you can bring a third party in to kind of lead and guide who's unbiased, Mm -hmm. but maybe they see things or are willing to acknowledge things that you're not willing to acknowledge. Mm Um, because for whatever reason, I think it's good to bring consultants in, but you have to chew the straw and spit out the sticks. Mm. You know, we would hire consultants and sometimes they came in and said, you need to do this. You need to put this in your partner letter because there's no ask in there for money, you know, and everybody else they work with has an ask in there for money, Mm -hmm. but y'all don't have that. Well, yeah, I'll try running that. Actually, happened. James Tito came to work for me. He came from the secular world and he wanted to be in ministry. A super smart guy, and uh, he was running the marketing department. And cons- some consultant said, "You need this in the letter, where there's an ask for money." And I said, "Yeah, won't you take that down to Dad and run it by him? Set him up big time." He talks about it. Still to this and day. And for
1: those listening that aren't familiar, you know, it's what an organization or a church sends out every month, like a newsletter or a partner yeah, letter, was this a, was
0: that. Yeah, my dad would write these, Kenneth Copeland would write these letters to his partners, and he always did it, not based on money. If he felt like he wrote it to get, and it sounded like or felt like it was about getting money in, he'd wad it up and throw it away and write a note. Not because he was trying to be strategic, because that was truly his heart. Yeah, you're, he's there to minister to the partner, exactly. period, not right, to get money in. So... I knew how dad would feel about it. So I just let James go down there. What a learning lesson for him. <laughs> and he got an earful about it and like, no, we don't do that. And here's why we don't do it. With consultants, I think, you know, they uh, they would come in and they would, a lot of times they would help a lot. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they were just not going to do that because that's not part of our core value. Yeah. You know, and that was a case that was not part of our core value. But then they have other things, you know, that they're good at. But I do think it's good for somebody to come in and be able to look at it with an independent thinking Mm -hmm. without this is the way we've always done it, you know, without pave, pave, sometimes we want to pave cow paths that wind and meander Mm -hmm. rather than just making a straight line. And I think they can come in and help, but at the end of the day, you've still got to implement it and you still have to be successful.
1: And then what's the, um, the healthy check and balance for that? Because there's been times where, something has been said and it, it wasn't going to change and it becomes like a sacred cow where 20 years later or in, in a long-running organization, there's things that we're still doing to protect this idea that no one's even thought, like, it didn't matter anymore. You know, how do you avoid little things like that? I mean, besides communication, what's a specific way um, that you can avoid the idea of not growing in your creative space as a whole?
0: It's so, it's so dependent on the organization and what it is, you know, I think that you got to go back to the basics. A lot of times, you know, you know, there's that story of the lady that was cooking a roast and she cuts the end of both ends off the roast and cooks it. And one day her daughter says, why do you do that, mom? She's like, I don't know. That's the way granny always did it. So go talk to granny. Granny, why do you cut the ends of the roast off? Well, because my pan was too small and it wouldn't fit. Well, you just keep doing that because you don't know why we do it. You just this is the way we do it. And I think kicking over sacred cows, I love it. Yeah. Like I love to challenge the status quo. Yeah. You know, because once you get status, once you status quo, and you're just going through the motions, you're flatlining. Yeah. You know, and so I love for people to challenge me. You know, I may not agree with you, but at least challenge me, Mm -hmm. you know, with with ideas or what I'm doing, because I know I don't know everything, you know, God gave you gifts to help me with stuff because you've got different gifts than I do, Mm -hmm. right? But I can help you too. Mm -hmm. But I think you've got to be open. It's pride that keeps you from not being open to challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I am doing, maybe I've been doing it wrong for 20 years. You know, I've been cutting the end of the roast off for no reason. You know, and so I think with business, it's like the same thing. You got to go back and really, you should probably do it every year and do it with your team every year. Yeah. Is go back and set your new goals for the year and reevaluate everything I'm doing, Mm -hmm. just like you reevaluate your budget. You know, sometimes you just need to stop and go back and say, okay, what am I spending money on now? that maybe I don't need to, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it's the same thing in your business. you got to go back to the basics and say, what is our core? Are we doing our core? Are we staying focused? What are some areas that maybe we can go out into? Because, you know, you always got to be creative and new ideas, but you always got to make sure that you're doing what focused on what your core is. Mm -hmm. If it's not working and you're focused on your core, then I think you just need to reevaluate, should I even be doing this? Yeah. Why is it not working? I don't know.
1: And sometimes you'll quickly know, yeah, no, I am supposed to be doing this. I just haven't found the answer yet. Or sometimes you have to be okay with, all right, it's maybe time to start this transition now, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's okay because it means the next season will be even better. The subject's so hard to talk about and – you know, 20 minutes is such a broad topic. So we'll dig into this later on in other episodes. But for now, this was kind of the overall view on how to grow your organization from the inside out. So if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, leave any questions below, Um, any questions you have about any type of organizational growth or about being an executive, or if you want to be an executive, you know what are some questions that you have? Leave those for us so that yep, we'd love you to help answer them. Yeah. So hope you. I don't know this.
0: everything, but I might know something about it.
1: <laughs> I think you're pretty smart, but I don't know. He's my dad, so. But thanks, y'all.